to One News Inside Parliament. It's our weekly catch about the political stories that we've been covering on One News, heading towards the general election. Now, obviously, in this unusual time, we're coming to you via Zoom. It's the first time we've done this, so we're going to give it a go. We've got Benedict and I coming to you live from home, and we've got um, Mikey Sherman in our in our newsroom in the press gallery. So we're going to give it a go and see how we can coordinate being in three different places at once. But shall we start off with our, our pits and our peaks like we usually do? Um, shall we start off perhaps with our, with our pit? And I can maybe start us off. Um, we haven't been in the same place together with our political team for uh, almost a month now. And I think that's been... Um, that's been a challenge. We've split into two teams so that we can um, make sure that if, if one team obviously gets sick or gets exposed to someone who's sick and has to go into isolation, then the other team can keep going. And that's been a big challenge, particularly for a, for a small team like ours. And um, I think maybe it's just made me appreciate you guys a little bit more. Absence makes the, the heart grow fonder. So um, I think it'll be good when that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Uh, when, the, when we start to go down the levels and start to be in the same place at the same time. So there's my pitch of the, of the week or month. Mikey? Yeah, I mean, um, my pit is obviously that I miss you guys as well. I also miss doing our podcast. So um, I'm hoping that this little Zoomy Zoom is going to work for us and get us back um, up and running. Um, the other pit is obviously that Parliament isn't sitting at the moment, um, essentially uh, also in lockdown. Um, so just missing all of the routine and the buzz around the beehive here, missing um, a lot of the uh, question time banter um, that we're used to um, watching week in and week out. And I'm um, looking forward to um, seeing uh, the Deputy Prime Minister uh, shortly or, you know, the next time um, Parliament resumes uh, on the bridge, because um, you know you, you don't know what you what you uh, enjoy until until it's gone. And uh, I miss the uh, the banter. <laughs> and you miss with Peters. Peters. That's a big admission, Mikey Sherman. Well, You'll he keeps thrilled. us on our toes, doesn't he, guys? You yeah, know, so yeah. it's like that that you know annoying grandfather. Uh, figure, but you love him dearly. <laughs> You'll be less, less impressed with that analogy, probably. Well, what about you, Benedict? What's your pitch? Yeah, I, th I think for me, and uh, I've remedied the situation this morning, but it's um, I haven't been able to have Vogels in weeks. Every every time I've gone to the supermarket, it's been absolutely cleared out of bread. I, I guess a lot of other um, Kiwis are in the same boat there. But this morning, I managed to get in there nice and early and, uh, yeah, had Vogels for breakfast. Fantastic. What time did you have to get to the supermarket for that? Oh, I was there pretty soon after it opened, sort of just yeah. after eight. Yeah, Good commitment. Hmm. Um, so, what about a whole podcast of the things that we miss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's a different podcast. Um, so, peaks um, apart from Benedict's shirt, naturally. Um, my peak for the for the last few weeks has been those one o'clock press briefings. I think um, whether you're at work or uh, at home, I feel like your whole day has really anchored around those one o'clock briefings where you get the most up-to-date information, and we've had hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders tuning in. So uh, I think those have been my peaks, both on my days on and my days off. What about you guys for peaks? For me, it would be, um, and pretty much following the story, you know, mainly doing the political stories around coronavirus and COVID-19, but I've thought 
um, since sort of the story emerged and I've started communicating with um, epidemiologists like Susie Wiles, fantastic. Michael Baker at Otago Uni, I've dealt with him a couple of times. Just brilliant, brilliant people at sharing information. And then also, um, it turns out I've been working most Tuesdays at Parliament and we've seen those select committees where we've had Sir David Skegg as well, um, sort of raising his, uh, you know, sort of saying, hey, we think I think you're doing this well, but I think the government's missing out. Uh, for example, just on Tuesday, he was saying he was really, really concerned about Queenstown. And uh, 8%, he had seen a report where 8% of people there had tested positive to coronavirus. And he's saying, look, we need to have sentinel testing in place um, to make sure it's not more widespread than we think in Queenstown. And I've seen this sort of happen repeatedly where he raises issues and he's an expert and the government's very quick to respond. And I think yesterday they um, had sentinel testing in place in Queenstown and we're doing hundreds of people at a supermarket there. Um, so I've, I've been really impressed with some of the sort of science communication that we've seen around this, you know, and independent people raising really legitimate concerns, you know, or, or maybe areas where the government needs to, um, you know, look a, a bit closer or, you know, put more resources into. So that's been quite a fascinating. What about you, Mikey? Yeah, I agree with Benedict, actually. My peak is probably that Epidemic Response Committee. Um, I think that it's a very good thing that we've got the opposition um, leading the charge on that. I think being able to question um, and critique um, the government's response at this time is really important, um, not only for you know democracy, but also just to make sure that we are hitting the right marks and doing all the right things that we should be. And, and I agree, you know, David Skeg has been, um, you know, just great with that. And also we've seen economists like Shamabil talk about um, the need for more up-to-date economic data, which usually comes out, um, you know, every three or so months. Um, but today, um, because of that sort of pressure, we're seeing the first of weekly updates, weekly economic dash dashboards um, being presented by Treasury. So those things are really important, I think, just to keep us all on track. And I think we are on track. So that's a good thing. And we'll obviously talk about that a bit more. One of the things that I thought would be quite interesting to touch on before we, we get going and get into it is just to give people a little bit of an insight into how our working lives have changed um, under lockdown because I think um, for a lot of people watching TV they might have thought oh look things are a bit the same yeah there are a few more Skypes and a few more um, people, you know setups over a computer screen but just to explain to people what's been happening and, and apart from having those two separate teams throughout all of TVNZ there are things like with the with the press gallery with us being in and only allowed two people in the office at a time that's the director from the speaker we're having to space ourselves out at those press conferences do you guys want to give just a few examples about what's happening behind the scenes I guess and, and how things are changing yeah, look, so we're obviously being um, split into two teams. So we've got, you know, for One News, we have the red and the blue team and um, Jess and Benedict are the red team and our political producer, Jess Roden, and myself, we are the blue team at the moment. Um, Which is so totally inappropriate are, for Parliament. Yeah, and we feel uncomfortable with the red and the blue. So we decided that we'd go for um, animals um, instead um, so we are the crab and the dolphin team, which we think is much more politically neutral. Yes, and I just yes, want right, to um, emphasize that um, red team is the crab team. 
name another animal that's red and we'll, we'll rename. So just, we're just putting that out there. But in turn, I mean, um, that, but, that's a major yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so split into two teams, and so we're pretty much at half capacity, right? Um, and and yet we are dealing with one of the, um, uh, you know, the uh, the prime minister called it um, the biggest um, uh, house risk, um, you know, attack in over a century. So we're dealing with a huge story. We're at half capacity, um, and we're also dealing with lots of people questioning um, uh, the way in which um, journalists operate at press conferences because now everyone is tuning into those one o'clock press conferences, everyone has become a journalist and have <laughs> critiques. But <laughs> that's my observations, my small observations. You guys take it away now. Most, mostly positive feedback though, right? From those press conferences, I think. Um, or not. Um, <laughs> also also kind of um, interested to see what you guys think about this. One of the big things obviously is for us as political reporters is you've got those press conferences, which are basically now the only show in town. Um, you know, Parliament's not sitting. And I think a week or so ago, you know, questions were being raised. This is after David Clark, the health minister, um, repeatedly, you know, broke the lockdown rules. Um, you know, and was lucky to survive with his job intact. Um, Prime Minister saying any other, you know, in any other circumstance, I would have sacked you. Um, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's hard for the opposition at the moment, right, to sort of get, to get any coverage at all because they've got no power and you're in this lockdown. There was, a lot of people were sort of questioning whether Simon Bridges was right to be driving from Tauranga down to Wellington to hold this press, um, to hold that select committee, right? Um, and I think his office at the start kind of said, oh, well, uh, you know, his, his internet's not strong enough in Tauranga. Um, he has to make this trip down interested to see what what do you guys think about it i think my opinion on it is that i think that he needs to be working he needs to be visible and we need to need to be there i i'm not sure why he chose to to come down and do that in wellington why he wanted to, instead of, of being based in tauranga but i mean i think if you take a step up from that it's a really it's a funny position that we're in because obviously in the first week or so there's this time where you're almost your role changes in a way and you almost start to um, be someone who is disseminating information for the public that they want and things like that and yep there's a bit of politics in it because obviously um, it's election year and everything has politics in it but um, I think there's there's less of a traditional way that we do stories with here's, here's what the government says and then here's what the opposition has to say. And, and largely at the beginning, I think the opposition was agreeing with a lot of what the government was doing. So I think over the last couple of weeks, as we've got more into it, I think that has adjusted and changed and we've gone back to that sort of perhaps more traditional way of telling stories. So I think there's no doubt that we need... Simon Bridges' voice. I mean, don't forget he's auditioning at the moment to be Prime Minister. He wants that job at the election. But it is it's difficult. It's a challenge. And I can see where they're coming from because in, in this big, we're looking to the Prime Minister. That's where our attention is. And she's the one that, that's giving out all the information. And we're going to him sort of for his take on what he would do and how he would do things differently. So it's a really, really interesting and, and perhaps tricky situation. Yeah, look, I, I, I absolutely think that um, 
he is right to, to, to come down to Wellington. I think it was the good move. Um, I think he needs to remain in the mix. Like you say, Jesse is auditioning to become the next Prime Minister. Um, he is very much, you know, the opposition has very much been cut out of, you know, um, uh, any, any political stories lately because just of the nature of what we're dealing with. So for him to be um, present here and to be able to look eyeball media, um, you know, on, on the days that he is here is important because it just means that they perhaps have more of an opportunity to get into new stories. Um, and so, um, and, and also, uh, we've, all, we've all seen Zoom can only do so much, you know. Um, so it is good to have that face-to-face -face as well with the press gallery mm. here. Yeah, one of the things I have found interesting too following those select committees is seeing Simon Bridges really kind of um, uh, responding and running with the concerns that David Skegg has brought up as well. Um, yeah, and, and why wouldn't you, right? He's an expert in that field. They're sort of really running with um, the concerns he raises. I, I was thinking this morning, though, it was, um, it was less than a month ago that I went, I think it was the Prime Minister's last sort of domestic trip, and we went up to Rotorua where it was just after they had announced the initial wage subsidy. Um, and, and she flew up on the little Air Force plane rather than flying commercially. But I, I, So it's less than a month ago now, but she was standing in this room and she was standing shoulder to shoulder with Tamati Coffey and with Grant Robertson and giving a little press conference and saying, oh, please, everybody, make sure you stand, you know, uh, arm lengths apart from people. Keep, keep your social distancing. And I said, but Prime Minister, you're standing shoulder to shoulder with your finance minister, and another one of your Labour MPs, you know, do you think people will be taking you seriously? And and to, to go from those that kind of press conference to a month later, you know, where we've been in lockdown for weeks now, I just think it's pretty, you know, extraordinary how quickly things have moved there. And even just up on that Rotorua trip, um, I went and um, interviewed, he ran a, um, you, you walk up a monk, up in the trees, um, a sort of tree, tree walk. Top um, walk. Yeah, I know the one Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he would say, oh, look, we know international tourism has been decimated, but we're still hoping that, you know, domestic tourism is going to keep, keep us afloat and keep us going. You know, it, and within a week of that, you know, we're, we're pretty much in lockdown. Um, so you, you wonder how those businesses that were kind of had their fingers crossed, hoping that, you know, d domestic travel would keep, them, would keep them going and maybe could get them through wonder how they're coping now. One of the things I remember saying, I think when we'd just done a week of lockdown, is just how much everyone has had to get their head around all of this stuff. So I, I feel like I remember on a Saturday and it, we'd had a heads up from the Prime Minister's office that there was going to be an announcement on a Saturday. That's quite a new, that's very unusual for the Prime Minister, obviously. So um, it made it alerted us that it was going to be something big. And then the Prime Minister um, talked about that um, closing off our borders or restricting our borders, and people were still able to come in and all of that. But I remember that thinking, whoa, that's such a massive move. And then we just had big move after big move after big move until we got to that, um, that Monday where it was like, right, and schools are going to be closed and... Mm all of the shops are going to be closed in two days and I just think I mean there's just so many aspects of it you know the the slam on our economy and what that's going to be long term um, what impact it's going to have on our election um, and how that's going to play out over the next couple of months and um, socially how all of us are going to react when we come out of this weird isolation I mean we've been going to work 
you know, and, and or, you know, in some ways carrying on. And I still feel like it's such a weird shock to the system not being able to do anything else. And I just think, just think of all these implications going forward. It's just so much to wrap our heads around and to, and each day you're giving people this little bit more and it's, yeah, it's just such an interesting time to be a journalist. Do you think they will what go are, ahead with the, the um, sorry, go Mike. Well, I think we're going to touch on the same point, which is, um, you know, what a big decision the Prime Minister and the government has um, as to whether or not we move down to level three on day. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to see, because obviously the announcement will come on Monday about whether we can go to level three and then we'll have to decide about when. Now, she's always said we'll do the full four weeks, so that would be... Um, Wednesday at midnight, so effectively Thursday when we wake up. And I just wonder if we'll see a bit a bit of cautiousness on the part of the Prime Minister, rather, you know, let's do let's do a few more days, let's because four and three, yep, that makes a big difference for the um, business community, obviously, but there's still quite wide-ranging restrictions. I don't know. Or is everyone's expectation now that we're definitely going to four and maybe we need to go with that? Oh, de definitely. Yeah, I think she, they have set a bit of an expectation that we may well be, well, I think the money would be on us heading to level three next week. I think they'll have a, you know, they'll be looking, you know, yesterday, I think 15 new cases. The last few days we've had 18, 17 really heading down, you know, at one stage we're up in the 80s. And I think if we can just continue that, if we don't get a big spike out of Queenstown with that sentinel testing, um, yeah. if we can keep it down in those numbers, then I think, yeah, more than likely. We'll, I agree we'll with you with the numbers, but I don't think it's a sure bet. Like, I think, I, 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 I think that our expectations are there, but I think the, the Prime Minister and the Director General of Health have tried to manage those a bit. So I'm just not, I'm not 100% sure. We'll, we'll wait and see on Monday. But yeah, I, I think if those numbers keep where they're at. Sorry, Mikey, you go. Yeah, I think the Sentinel um, testing um, will be crucial as part of this. And we know that they're also testing in other areas, including South Auckland. I understand that um, there's a testing station set up um, in Christchurch, at a supermarket in Christchurch this morning as well. So once we get those results back, that, that will either that will certainly play, play a big part in what is decided. But I agree, I, I think um, there'll be some um, cautiousness around not wanting us to yo-yo in and out of level three and four. So um, just, um, sorry, I've got a notification coming up on my Zoom. Us too, um, so we could do it more subtly than you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I think why don't we why don't we flip our attention um, and and look at the big picture? What do you guys think has has been done well and handled well um, during this whole thing, and and what perhaps hasn't? Do you want to? Are there any notes that you guys would make on that? Maybe I can start it off by um, talking about um, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield, who's become a bit of a um, a strange heartthrob because of the way that he's been communicating uh, with the public over this. Yeah, I, I think the government, um, uh, New Zealand, we were, we were quick to lock things down, right? Because we saw what it was doing overseas in Italy and in Spain and in France, you know, that exponential 
uh, growth, I think we shut it down really quickly. And, and like I kind of touched on before, I think the government has been pretty quick um, when people have highlight, highlighted flaws or areas where it could be doing better, I think it's you know it, it, it has really been paying attention and responding to those concerns that have been raised. And even yeah, just touching in David Skeg, you know, has raised issues over the weeks this week. Hey, you, yeah, I think they're doing much better here. They're doing much better on the you know the level of testing they're doing. But you know, raise a couple more concerns. Bang, the government straight onto them. I think um, distribution has obviously been a big issue uh, because we've, you know, in those first few weeks in particular, we heard a lot from the likes of Ashley Bloomfield saying we have plenty of PPE stock and we have plenty of um, swabs and, and, and testing equipment and so on. But on the ground at, 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 you know, your local clinics and things like that, they were saying, look, we can't get a hold of this equipment. We can't even get a hold of blue dabs um, that the government was talking about, you know, talking up that they'd had around 400,000 extra shipped in. Um, so there was obviously a disconnect there, and I think that had to do with distribution. Um, quite just quite where in the in, in the sort of supply link that that breakdown was, we're not sure because obviously, like you mentioned, Benedict, we've only got one show in town in town to ask questions, and that is those one o'clock briefings. And sometimes they just aren't long enough, or um, you know, Ashley Bloomfield and, and and the likes cannot get into the minute details that we really want to know. Um, so that's probably one of the negatives, I'd say. Um, I think yeah, the Prime Minister's done a very good job, very strong, very clear messaging, um, you know, stellar leadership, you'd have to say. Equally, though, I think Simon Bridges is also, for what he can do, has done a good job as well. Um, and David Clark, I mean, we haven't really t talked on that. I mean, <laughs> that was um, that was that was a, a really bad um, move on his part. I, I wasn't too interested, I must say, at the start because I know that there was a lot of grey area um, around, you know, what can and cannot be done. Obviously, though, there's a higher test for him. He's the minister. He should. If anyone should know, he should know. But there was, that's probably another criticism, is the grey areas that we've seen, um, you know, for businesses and also what can and cannot be done. We saw that at the start of, of the lockdown and that is the concern going into level three now is whether or not we're able to, you know, siphon through all of the all of the details well enough to, to provide that clarity. So those are probably my main observations. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, interesting too, Mikey, that I, I don't know whether we're giving businesses enough time with the Prime Minister making that announcement on Monday. It's still unclear whether we will be moving out of lockdown or not down to that level three. You're not giving them a lot of time to to prepare and get things up and running, to restock or, or to, you know, take the steps to do their rosters to get staff back to contact staff you know the businesses that may or may not be opening a huge number of businesses may or may not be opening next Thursday and they, and they won't know until Monday afternoon yeah and that's and that's hard I mean even if you just have a look at things like Instagram posts I, I follow a, a few a small business owners and they're just hanging out for this information mm. and that's what they just want that certainty and the Prime Minister did say, look, we're going to say on Thursday, try and give as much information as we can so that over the weekend people can go to MB, ask those questions to try and get some kind of clarity. But that's what the business community has been calling out for this whole time is we just want certainty, uh, which is something that, that the Prime Minister can't really get, give them. Yeah. One of the other points that, since we're kind of looking back over the last few weeks, I think at the beginning there was probably um, a high threshold for that testing. 
Um, and then once that was lowered, we obviously saw those, those testing numbers go up hugely and that gave us a much better picture of where we were at and how we were going. So I guess that's one of the things that um, could have perhaps been done better at the start um, and, and managed better at the start. I guess the other thing as well is that there's been, listening to that select committee the other day, um, National raised this, this comparison with Australia. So obviously Australia's been looser uh, with some of its restrictions, for example, in the construction industry and, and they've been able to carry on and considered essential to keep going. And one of the criticisms has been raised is could we have done that here in New Zealand? But it, it's one of those things that there's a lot of, and, and that's gaining traction. I've, I've seen quite a few columns and things like that on about that. But what we've done is really brought those numbers down. So if we've gone too hard, isn't that, isn't that a better scenario to be in to say, oh, maybe we could have eased up a little bit at the beginning. If we can get out of this level four and level three more quickly and have a real control over the virus, isn't that a better position to be in? And I think that's, and maybe next podcast, we can um, dive into that stuff a bit better, or maybe at the end of the year, we can dive into it a bit more when we've had a bit more time to, to see things more clearly. But did you guys have any quick final points that you wanted to make? Benedict looks like he does. <laughs> yeah, I do. Do you think the election will go ahead in September? Oh, that's such a hard call. Um, had a look into that. So the the Prime Minister can change the election date to make it any time up to the 21st of November. After that, if they want to change it and make it next year, which I can't imagine why that would get support, but it would have to get 75% of Parliament. So I think it's we need, we need to have a bit of clear air, air after the virus to, to have a bit of a lead up to the election um, to make it fair, to make to get some time for the referenda, for all of that. So I think it really just depends how the next few months play out. So I don't want to I don't want to put my money on it just quite yet. But let me let me wait till at least Monday till we find out about level three. What do you guys reckon? Well, interesting to see um, Simon Bridges, you know, obviously Winston Peters made um, uh, his desires known that he, you know, wants a November election date. It was interesting to see Simon Bridges say, well, if we're going to put, if we would push it out then, then we may as well push it out to next year. Um, so, I mean, just imagine that, you know, pushing it out until next year. But I think if, if, if we are still, um, you know, in, in these sort of level three, fours in May, then it is definitely something that should be considered because it only it gives you know politicians two months here at Parliament before they rise in August to really you know get on that treadmill and start pushing the messages and especially around those referendums because those are mm. those are really important issues and I'd hate to see them you know not get the attention that they deserve because everybody is focused on this virus you know mm. yeah yeah last I, word been what? Yeah, my, my thoughts are it, it depends what the virus is doing because they're not going to be able to, our politicians are not going to, and we're not going to be able to follow them around the country and do public meetings if the virus is still around. You know, um, you're not going to be able to have the big gatherings that they like, that they love to have, the, you know, the conventions and, and things like that. I just can't see that going ahead. And I also think, you know, from the opposition's point of view, um, given Parliament, like Mike is just saying, and Parliament's been shut down, they, it, it's very hard for them to get airtime if, um, 
you know, you, you don't have that in and out, that debate. Everything is coronavirus. That, like we said, the only show in town are these briefings with the Prime Minister and Ashley Bloomfield all the time. Uh, you know, they're in a um, very tough position. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it did get, um, uh, you know, delayed. Although I have to say, hosting the political debates would be a lot easier because I could just I could just mute people. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> if we did it over Zoom, I think it would be much easier. So there, there's a bonus. There's a there's a positive to it all. Um, but we let, better leave it there, guys. Um, this was One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering as we head towards the election. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. It's available around this time each week on One News Online. And check us out on your favourite podcasting app. Should we give them a big wave? Let's roll in little boxes. See you later, guys. See ya.